guitar, chilling weed. Look at the floor, and I see. What a great opener. And welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? Oh man, what an opening song! Could you imagine? Could you imagine that that they opened their Sunday show with "While My Guitar Gently Weeps," when not five days earlier, our friend Kevin Bure from the Market Huddle referenced that song totally randomly. Okay, so the chances of those two lining up, there's got to be a statistic, and I bet it's over one in a million to get to get Kevin reference it during the week. The one song out of a thousand and for them for them to open their Sunday night show with that song. So either Fish is listening okay, yep. to the show, yep. clearly, um, yep. and, and they, they clearly listen to the market huddle because it's a market huddle reference more than it is to us. Okay, but for those two worlds to align... I just knew it was going to be a wonderful, exciting week, and I it just started on the right right yeah. foot when they opened their show with "While My Guitar Gently." Uh, Thank you, Kevin. Just, Thank you, Fish. Just to show that we're open minded uh, artistically, if you go to YouTube, uh, there's like a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where a bunch of famous musicians, Tom Petty. Um, a few other people and uh prince play mm-hmm. this song and prince just shreds the guitar solo at the very end dude he's a master musician a ma- w- he was w- was was a master yeah. a like a, a certified wizard of of music yeah yeah, yeah. well i tell you what i was <laughs> i've been so excited by stuff going on this week i wanted to see if you wanted to do the thing friday night um, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. I, I, I mean, it's just talk about a fucking awesome week. Let's, uh, so uh, you want to do it chronologically? Like usually we do our best work chronologically. Okay. Um, so 
not only chronologically, but we'll do it in order of sequence. How it okay. Happened. Sure. Okay. That, that sounds perfect. Forward or backward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we proceed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I, the week since I had my bike crash, literally the one mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. where I lost the phone. Oh yeah, I've, I've had a little trouble uh, sequencing uh, time. Understood. Yes. You know, so yep. um, Monday was bank holiday Monday, right? Mm-hmm. I believe and, so, yes. And with that, uh, I think we'd like to take an opportunity to wish our friend Anthony Peters, who's getting married today. He oh, may be married yep. already. Today, I was going to say, yep, yep. Congratulations to Anthony. Yeah. Um, and congratulations to his bride. She's his got her work cut quarters. out. Yep. He's, yeah, got her work cut out for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, uh, you know, I don't think we can really go in order of the week. That's I, fine. I, let's just kind of jump around. I mean, mm-hmm. all, there was so many different things happening. Um, the thing I saw actually reverse order, um, a news story on Bloomberg talks about there's some sort of upgrade going on in Ethereum, <laughs> the uh, cryptocurrency. <laughs> and, now, I don't know a lot about this stuff, as anyone who listens will tell you, although I have very strong opinions, which is typically how Americans run, you know, have mm-hmm. strong opinions about stuff they don't know much about. But I, I think <laughs> Ethereum, <laughs> often wrong, but never in doubt. Dude, that's also. So um, Ethereum is number two after Bitcoin, right? In yep. terms of. Uh, market time. Okay. Sure. So, so just to, to read a little bit of a headline, you can do your own research, but crypto staking brawl breaks out in middle of Ethereum upgrade. Now I thought these things were bulletproof and you could put your money safely in these things and not worry about it. But all of a sudden, got it. Yep. All of a sudden, I hear about brawl and upgrade, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not so fast. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> you know that Mark Twain quote? It wasn't the things uh, I didn't know that got me in trouble. It was the things I knew for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and so um, uh, there's just so many things to talk about it, and I'd like to weave this into sort of a a nice walk down a field together. So um, there's all sorts of these terms I've learned over the years, uh, reading mostly market research or behavioral economics. And so, uh, in fact, I don't know whether this was one of those or it was that book, um, The Gift of Fear by Gavin De Becker. Once again, um, must read. Like it's written in 1997. It's it's like whatever you're doing, stop. Get it. Read this for fear. Book. Okay. So I I think somewhere in that book, or maybe it's somewhere else, but there's this thing called the truth default theorem, and it basically says people generally believe what people tell them. Yep. Right. Yep. And. Uh, I mean, I didn't make it up, but 
It seems pretty reasonable. Yeah, it's plausible. Uh, yeah. And when yeah, you read it in the in the context, the way it's described, it totally makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now we have a situation where you have a guy or guys like the famous uh, Winkle Vi who were at Facebook or, you know, just helped or something with Facebook. And then you get another uh, bon vivant like uh, Michael Novogratz or the handsome devil Dan Moorhead telling you about this wonderful cryptocurrency, right? You believe them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you get all these experts telling you, oh, it's bulletproof. Nothing can go wrong with it. And then you get a guy like me who has had a career of being told this trade can't lose money. And I'm waiting for one of those to yield a profit, right? So I'm always a little bit cynical of these things. And so uh, Bitcoin's gone from 70,000 to it's roughly 27,000 as we speak. That's a fairly significant decline in something that's supposed to be uh, an inflation hedge. Store of value. Uh, store of value. Yeah. So good luck with that. And um, we have a friend, uh, we have a friend of the show who, in this regard, I won't mention. Okay. But I'll say it's he. Okay. He has forecasted an $8,000 price target. So um, I actually went online earlier today to look up what the, the, the purple elephant was or purple bear from uh, Beanie Babies. And uh, apparently there was a Princess Diana <laughs> Beanie Baby. Of course there was. That, that's they're asking five hundred thousand dollars for. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I guess people will pay a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be in any hurry on this uh, <laughs> this Bitcoin this Bitcoin thing. I mean, not only that. I mean, um, stocks and bonds, right? Jeez. Yep. Yeah. So Friday, the two-year note, the little two-year note, the dos años as mm-hmm. we used to call them. Mm-hmm. It was down 15 and a half, 30 seconds. I mean, I, I don't know how many times in my career I've seen that. I mean, I de- now up is a different story. Yep. Right? A lot of shit happens and people yep. panic. But down, I yeah. don't know, maybe 10 times. I, I, wow, so really? That's one of those things that's supposed to happen once in the history of the universe. Got it. Amazing. And it's, hap- it's happened three times this year. Incredible. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, now, yeah. now, for those hodlers uh, or uh, dollar cost averagers in the stock <laughs> yeah. market, what does that mean to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, me meaning you. To me, I know what it means to me. Um, there's this thing. Uh, what does it mean to you? Okay. Funny you should ask. There's this thing called VAR, value at risk. And this was dreamt up sometime after Nick Leeson blew up bearings. Uh, That's another story for another day. But risk managers uh, were trying to find a way to let traders do their thing, yet quantify the risks they were taking. Because you had situations where 
Uh, this name came to mind earlier today, Howie Rubin, who's a name you can look up. Um, interesting guy. Uh, I think his first uh, little stumble was at Merrill Lynch with uh, maybe zero coupons uh, okay. or mortgages. I can't remember which. Our, uh, our friend Harley Bassman probably worked with him. Anyway, he, he blew up massively. Uh, with some of his these delivered things, and um, he just recently got fired working for George Soros, while simultaneously being sued for um, raping women in BDSM. Oh, uh, that's that dude. That's been the post. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Please, I just googled him while you were speaking, and I got yeah. 17 New York Post articles. I don't need to read them because I've already read all of them. I, you mean, that but, is a but, horror but, show. Okay, the, all right. The, all right. The, well, him and George we digress. Soros. No, no, no. And, just, just... But he, he, he was working for George Soros. He must have been. So, he must have had a lot of money, a lot of money, and been around a lot of money to be acting the way that was alleged. Okay. Yeah. Alleged. So the New York Post has now become the Gray Lady. <laughs> I mean coming since how it was did 50 I get the, cents on the newsstand <laughs> how did i get the howie rubin you were talking about people blowing up um and other oh, people yeah. telling you okay. you know and, oh, var, yeah. oh var 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 okay so what they do is what the risk managers do and i'm not talking about risk manager like i was a risk manager i, I was more i call myself a trading manager okay but you'd have a separate department that was a bunch of quants so a lot of academic intelligence, common sense, limit down, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Okay. So they came up with this thing where you would measure volatility of certain assets. And then within assets, let's take bonds, for instance, they'd bucket the maturities. So anything that was between zero years and two years would go in one bucket, two years to three years, another bucket, yada, yada, yada. And they ran these calculations and then they would have the traders run their portfolios through them and they would measure, they would have traders would have limits based on the calculations with this okay. val value at risk. Right. Um, well, so when the two year note moves that much in a day, it, they have to revalue these value at risk. And what that means is when you have big volatility, the traders are going to have to reduce their positions. So they make the market less liquid because mm -hmm. the positions not only have to come smaller, come down, you, you have to, you can carry a smaller position. Yep. Now um, I, I would invite uh, our friend Kevin maybe uh, to tell us if that happens in stocks. Um, I, I don't know. Um, and an interesting thing about uh, stocks, I don't, I don't know. I think you'll probably get a kick out of this. I, um, I guess at racing age sixty-two, it's not that I'm such a uh, uh, an interesting guy. It's just you meet a lot of people along the way, right? You just mm -hmm. kind of not collect people, but you, you meet people. Okay. There's a couple of, of men that I have. Um, gotten to know a bit more in the last few years and 
and we've been spending more uh, time together, you know, mostly via internet, but from time to time, uh, uh, phone call, you know, I'm, I'm not a big phone call guy. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one guy is, how do I describe him? He's a computer scientist that does deep work and has well over a hundred patents in the area of internet communication. Okay. So let's just acknowledge bright fellow. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Being the yeah. blunt tool. Yeah. You may recall I had was having lunch at the silver leaf club in Arizona and I was sitting next to a guy and we struck up a conversation and he mm -hmm. said, he was a. He asked me what I did, and I. Yeah, and I made him a podcast. I didn't tell him I was a podcaster. No, but I've yeah. I've changed that. I've mm -hmm. I've sent the note up to a manager and asking for business cards. Thank you. Um, yeah, still waiting to hear on your raise. Say, by the yeah. way. <laughs> um. So is I remember telling you at the time. He says, "What do you do? Finance." And and so just to be polite, I asked him what he did because you know I don't like asking people. Mm -hmm. And so the guy says he's like a brain surgeon at the Mayo Clinic. You remember me telling you this, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I won't say his name, but anyway, I keep in touch with him a little bit too. And so uh, we go back and forth, me and this one guy, and me and this other guy. And every once in a while, they'll bring up this concept about bonds and they're like, ah, oh, forget it. I'll never understand bonds. They're too hard. And I, I'm like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? It, here's a, how a bond works. Um, you give me a piece of paper that makes certain promises on it. Like I'm going to borrow this money <clears throat> and I'm going to give it back to you in the future at a certain date. Mm -hmm. And between now and then, I'm going to give you a little bits of money called interest. And that's a, that's a bond. Mm -hmm. Pretty complicated, right? Until you get your hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> a stock on the other hand, see, I got this idea for this machine. Yeah. The story. That put, I know. Right? The story. Yeah. Yeah. A story. Yep. Yeah. A and, story. And, and so you take your story. Yeah. And then you come up with some pretend number about what your earnings are going to be. Bingo. And then, and then on top of that, tell them the best part. The best part is then they stick a price earnings ratio on it, which by the way, <laughs> yeah, pick a number. I was going to say, make one up. Yeah. Like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. So these two guys, geniuses, they think bonds are hard. So what is it? I mean, what I I don't get it. Anthony's so. talk. Anthony mentions that in his newsletter, how he's got readers and friends, and I've got friends that like gun to their head bond. They're they're, they're panicking. Yeah, but like they'll go through the whole S and P five hundred sector by sector, and they'll break down every single one and have a, a you know they can explain everything. But when it comes to bond, bonds intimidate people, and they're a bit of an, an enigma attached to them because it's simple when you describe it like that. But it, but then then the, the the market opens, and then you do a hundred things to it to whatever it, and you it know, no you, longer you, becomes that simple vehicle. It it yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it, it, but but no. Okay. 
because I didn't start it. It, it wasn't little MB Sachs <laughs> driving 120 miles an hour into Ohio with the poor sunglasses. Right, I, you know, right, I started right. out. And, I know. You know, little by little, the, you know, the tortoise and the hare. And, you know, five lot but, trader or whatever he was, <laughs> 12 years old. <laughs> It'd be a better picture. I like the E-Trade baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Um, but just, just you strip the things apart and you start, you start with one. And, and um, once again, I, when I'm, I bought a bond, I thought, you know, I told you I did two trades, right? Yeah. So the bond part, when I get out of it, when I'm done with it, never to return. Okay. I will on this show. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will go through it from A to Z. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to do it now. I understand. Because of all of the things. Like you listen to the market huddle. Mm -hmm. They've got like all the like warnings. Like none of this is investment advice. But mm -hmm. by the way, which, what which Kevin of, repeats every like hour what, or so be like, I can't tell you what to do, but what, what kind of show about yeah. investment advice tells you not that they don't yeah. give them back. Yeah, it's oh, they, I enjoy they, can, that. they they feel us in their sights. You, <laughs> Please, you can know, we that, continue right? with your can we continue with your two secret <laughs> trades? Okay, Stop. um, they feel us in their sights. They can't. You know, uh, now they've. they've I, I they've, will say you. I, I will say we have done seventy weeks from around our great nation, from all points, far <laughs> yes. north and south. Okay, from Vermont <laughs> to Miami. <laughs> Never have we had audio in an empty room. Okay. <laughs> I've been in many, many a hotel closet and performed like a professional. But this week the market auto is tough. I mean, like Kevin's you know down in this in the yellow submarine. <laughs> so I think this is a good point. And I, I I know you feel the same way. This is a good point for us to, to thank our road crew and our our production staff week mm -hmm. after week. You know, we're on time. Yep. Nary a blip. I think there was a little last, bit of a hiccup last week. Last week. Last, for the first time in 72 shows, you know, the Wi-Fi cut out or something. And I think the audio, I think the, the listeners got a chance to experience my emotional ride that went along in that 45 seconds in which I think I said, God, I just said, God, you got to be kidding me. And then I said, Morris is going to freak out. <laughs> okay, so so I, I immediately went to like an adolescent child getting scolded by the, the headmaster. And I oh, thought no. to myself, if we lose this episode 30, uh, 14 minutes in, it's going to be a disaster. And out loud, I said, Morris is going to freak out. That's all. That's just a glimpse into the inside baseball behind inside baseball. Okay. Well, well, we, we, we survived. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the one thing was, that you're going to disclose when you're done with it. All right. What, yeah. you, you know, you're that bond trade that you've been doing. You're going to give right. it to us A to Z. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can do part of it. Okay. I can do part of it now. Okay. Well, whatever you're feeling so, comfortable uh, well, with. Well, it, let me, let me just, I, I, I'll give it out in bits and pieces. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, without any specifics. Yeah. Okay. Just general, uh, it's a bond that, has credit risk, which is not my area of forte. Okay. Okay. But um, I've spent a lot of time over the last year 
maybe 18 months, maybe two years, going through the credit risk with these two fellows that I used to work with and I do uh, bond analysis with is an investor's friends, right? Understood. Yep, okay. yep. Okay. So I've gotten to be very comfortable in this one situation about the credit risk. The bond happens to be a zero coupon bond, which means you pay a little bit now, down the road, you if you hold it to maturity, you get a hundred cents on the dollar back. Understood. Okay. So the first thing that happens here is people don't understand zero coupon bonds, general generally speaking. Like in that simple sense, you say, Oh yeah, I you put in twenty cents now, in twenty years you get a dollar. And the difference is interest. Okay. Yep. So that's that's pretty simple, right? Now we can we can take it and make it a little bit more complicated, which is what you accused me of recently, talking about they got a zillion of this and a zillion of that. But this is how you start. Mm -hmm. So in a rising rate environment, okay, which is um, what I think we've been talking about, we've been in or going to be in for a while, right? Okay. For what Why? seems like forever. It seems like we've been talking about this for two years about rising rates. Yeah. And yeah. guess what? They've, they've gone up, right? Yeah. Finally. So, yeah. So why would I want to own a bond in a rising rate environment? Well, you know, just so for the guys who think they're too stupid to understand bonds, when rates go up, bond prices go down. Okay. Why would I want to own a bond in a rising rate environment? Well, it's because all rising rate environments aren't the same. And so when... This time it's different. Well, this is one of the possible ways of path dependency, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you have a Fed moving aggressively to raise rates you'll get the yield curve to flatten, meaning the short rates will go up faster than the long rates. So all things considered, that will benefit a zero coupon bond because of the, the nature of the math. Okay, We can set that part aside for the master class, but in uh, – Falling rate environments and steepening the yield curves, you don't really want to own zero coupons. In flattening environments and stable rates, you definitely want zero coupon bonds. They, one of the things Anthony Peters talks about a lot, completely accurately, is people talk about yield to maturity, which is a fiction, most notably because when you get a bond, mm -hmm. not a swap, but a bond, it assumes your your interest payments get reinvested yep. at this quote yield to maturity. Yep. Let's go back to Mr. Zero Coupon Bond. You don't have to reinvest. It's all taken care of for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we're in an environment where I, I like the credit of this bond. I like the fact that it's a zero coupon bond 
when you go back to the credit of the bond, that's like, yeah. explain that to me. What, well, your, credit means what's the likelihood that you're going to okay, get yeah. your money back? So this so, is an X what rated bond. It's AAA, blah, 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 blah. It has a, letter, uh, it has a grade like that. Yeah, it has a grade like okay. that. I, okay. I think, all right. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Thank it you. Does. Thank you. And, and so once again, not being specific, and I, I hesitate to say this, so don't attempt this at home. Mm-hmm. But like I look at the credit rating agencies rating, and I've done this with my colleagues, um, and we the rating's just wrong. Well, yeah, just, well, yeah, S&P and Moody's, is that what you're talking yeah, about? Those? Right, yeah. okay. So I've discovered, we've discovered a bond that the rating agencies have said is poor quality, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, I like the dynamic of owning a zero coupon bond, right? Because of the movement of the interest rates. Um, And finally, not finally, but the other thing is, you know me harping about having a lot of cash? Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here minding my own business and there there are two phone numbers when they ring, okay? I drop whatever I'm doing. Okay. One of them is my accountant Mm -hmm. and the other is my muni guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yep. I saw it was my guy and Mm -hmm. and he said, Hey, there's a block of these out for the bid. Yep. And we kind of put pencil to paper and I'd been watching them for a while and they were trading, you know, Four and three quarters, five, five, ten, five thirty, five forty, five fifty. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to look where the 10 year note rate is. I'm looking where I've owned them in the past. Yep. I'm looking at the shape of the yield curve. And the guy panicked and we got hit at a, at a pretty cheap level. So for me, all of these things lined up. Now, you may ask, how do you end up having 10,000 of these things on? And the answer is I, I don't have 10,000 of right, those right. things. I would have one of those, but I'd have a huge amount of them. Understood. The, the, the 10,000 thing would be a sequence of running a process, and that's, and that's the difference. So um, that's why I think I can take almost anybody – and teach them this stuff. I mean, look, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but the PNL doesn't lie. Yeah. And and, yeah. and so I've found that 90% of the time, 95% of the time, when a trader at the end of the day would tell me the PNL is wrong, don't look at it, and the PNL clerk would come out and go, the PNL is right. You know, they would go back and forth for hours. Mm-hmm. The PNL clerks. That's what they do. Always, <laughs> yeah. That's what they do. Yeah, and the, the trader will be like, oh, I forgot I legged that thing and I lost okay. 100. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of legging, um, okay, now, listen, kids. These are trained professionals. Do not attempt this at home, okay? I legged uh, a bunch of gold stuff this week. And um, – I uh, know. You made a phone call on Thursday. It was up 2% on Friday. <laughs> um, I uh, – I fucking crushed this one. <laughs> Keeping in mind, I'm happy to give you four hours of shit I fucked up. 
And yeah. I'm sure by now we've already done that. Ask me <laughs> about hours. my ask me about my energy trading. Um, <laughs> when I uh, was back at the Board of Trade, when I first started, you know, uh, I learned a lot of things um, that most uh, people today don't. They're never really going to care about. They go to E Trade. They hit, you know, buy a hundred oh. shares. Yeah, yeah, okay. Back back when I started, it was open outcry, meaning if you wanted to buy the bro, you know, your broker, or if you were a member, you would be in the pit and you would say, "I want to buy at eight. I want to sell at yeah. nine. Okay. Yeah. And and so over time, and when I say over time, you see this relatively quickly. You can get a feel of what's going on in the room about which way the market's going. Okay. You get, you can sort of get a sense. And I, yeah, I think feel of the it, energy. I know what you're talking about. The energy shift. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like to think of this very much like a wave. And I don't mean like a sine wave. I mean like a wave crashing on a, a beach yep. coming in and out. Okay. Almost zen-like right and so i spent a number of summers working on the floor and i started to notice subtly how you could get a very good sense of the trend for the next few minutes just by the the vibe in the zeitgeist right just the feel in the room that's number one. Number two, I swear this is true, which is I could tell with my eyes closed by the sound coming out of the pit, whether the market was trading higher or trading lower. So a market going offered, going down, it would sound like a wave rolling over and crashing. And the market would go from seven bit at eight to six bit at seven. Okay. And then on the other way, if a market was trading up, and I'm not talking about a fast market, I'm talking about a just sort of general grind them, it would be like, you know, seven bit at eight, seven bit at eight. And it would start to be a little bit like a guy's rounding third base and the throws coming from right field. Yep. And you hear the crowd. In the right, you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about, right? Oh, that of kind of the energy, okay. yeah, the energy building. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what happens is, you do that enough, and you do it long enough, you you get to be uh, adroit at it, to the point mm -hmm. that I used to be pretty good, and uh, I've gotten permission to use his name, uh, E.G. Fisher, who was my partner for many years. I contend when I traded, he did most of the trading ultimately, but I felt like I was pretty good at legging this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was not like, and it was genetic, or I guess being Jewish, probably some percentage genetic, but just being down on the floor and hearing this thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do we get to gold? Okay. So I have all these gold options, which are just, going right in the shitter. Uh, no, no surprise there. Um, 
you know, uh, stubborn, guilty. Right? Yeah, you haven't even la- you haven't laughed at any of my gold jokes in weeks. <laughs> no, well, I'm waiting for you to be funny. I got hey, if you want to go funny, I got tons of material. Okay. Uh, um, so anyway, Friday, Friday, the mm-hmm. number comes out, and they're just going whack them all on everything, right? And I get that, but the gold starts to not trade quite so bad. And yet they're beating the stocks like fucking club and baby seals, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have these June options, excuse me, January options. And, you know, I don't like owning options with less than 180 days. And now other people have figured that out. So you can't wait the 190 days. Like you got to be out to like 200 days. Mm -hmm. So there's like 220 something days to go. And I'm like, you know what? If I see an opportunity to roll, I'm going to do that. So they're smashing this fucking thing on the open on Friday. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, you don't much follow. I don't pay attention to the intraday, you know, stuff like that. So they're pounding old GLD, and I go in and I look at the options I want, and I I put in some bids, and they hit a fucking down, a vacuum down, and I get filled on like the whole kahuna, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But now I got to sell the other stuff. And, you know, it's like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. So here's the best This is early. This is 6 o'clock in the morning where it was was way down? No. Well, it depends. But after the 830 number. This is like quarter quarter 10. So I did the buy side with one broker in in Greenwich. Mm -hmm. And then I'm getting ready to do the sell side with my bulge bracket person Mm -hmm. because um, I got to spread the commissions around and I try and be fair and, and the bulge bracket charges way more. And so I call up and I get lovely person millennial and I'm like, (laughs) this is what I want to do. And I give them the order and I look and the market's trading up. Now I'm not looking for the market to move by 3%. I'm trying to save like three-eighths of a point, right? Mm-hmm. So I know. Yep. I, I, yep. I, I get hit on the low, the market stops, and it starts moving up. And I'm like, I'm like I fucking got this one, right? So I call, and I said, hi, yo, 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 account number, want to sell this, I want to buy this. Got it. I said, okay, hang up. Now, I got the Bloomberg, I got the live feeds, and now GLD is like fucking gapping up. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you don't like to see that because you know if it's gapping up, there's a chance it's just a quick retracement. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm like, I, I, what's going on? Why am mm-hmm. I not getting filled? Like because I've got the live feeds, I don't even see my my fucking offer in in this yep, thing. Yep. And so. You know, this is my little bugaboo with like, I don't know whether they're Gen Z or millennial, but, you know, there's no fucking intensity. 
Like I, I remember casual, it's yeah. like it's casual I'd, or casual. I'd yeah. be at Greenwich, you know, I'd be like a hit on something to ring the bell and be and the, the phone would be seven bit at eight, seven bit at eight, light mm-hmm, eight straight. Mm-hmm, now I'm mm-hmm. like, oh okay, yeah, okay, the order's in. And so yep. anyway, I hang up and I call back and like I'm looking at this thing and now GLD has moved one one and a half points. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to niggle out like yeah. six six yeah. ticks, right? Honest, and I'm like, yeah. I call back. I'm like, what's going on? And it's like, oh, the order's just going in now. And I'm like, I gave you that 15 minutes ago, except now, yeah. except, except now I can't say it like that. Right. Because right. the last time, the last time I went full retard yeah. Yeah. and I used the F word. Yeah. And it went to HR and it went to compliance and they kind of tried to vote me off the fucking island. Wow. Yeah. Can uh, you imagine? I, I, I cannot. I really cannot imagine um directing that complaint to my superior and being like Morris Sachs, you, you know, F bombed me because I was twilling my thumbs putting orders in. Um I, that is I, a sensitive uh, anyway. Well what in my defense, okay, yep. if somebody worked directly for me, okay, I honest hand on my heart, you can verify this. I don't think I ever browbeat anybody ever. I, I okay. to, you don't, I totally understand. Yeah, like okay. the, the, yeah. so, but but if I had a floor clerk, mm-hmm. okay. We knew going in that if they weren't going to be on it, that we're, we were going to get someone that was going to be on it. So I, yep. I really didn't have that kind of problem. Mm-hmm. In the cash brokerage thing, where you would trade bonds and it would be blind brokers, so it was me against 40 other dealers, Yep, you would be cussing at these people all day long because it's the den of thieves. Like they get paid the same amount of money. So, and you can't see who the trade is with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, every third word out of my mouth was F-bomb. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, EG in to his credit was much calmer, I believe mm-hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, it's, it's not like I would go off on people uh, with tremendous regularity. But, uh, but yeah, on a Friday morning, when you, you can't be sitting around watching your Bloomberg for 15 minutes wondering where your order is, so that would I can't imagine how annoying that is for you. Um, well, it's a one, it's it's look, I could I could literally feel my blood pressure going up. I know, and so, and so I decided that's it, yeah. Uh, I got filled, and uh, <laughs> we're supposed uh, to start the show at 11, folks, and it's like 11.01, and the show hasn't started. I've got like question mark text messages. So like a, a big order sitting around for 15 minutes on Friday morning. I cannot well, imagine uh, <laughs> your I, aggravation level. <laughs> well, so so this is a little bit of how the thing works. It's like, oh, that never would have happened to me at Charles Schwab. No, because Ken Griffith would be ass fucking you with your film. <laughs> Excuse my language. Yeah, Wait, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll pull that out in post production. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Just like last week. <laughs>
Um, you know, uh, yeah. the, the reason is, I know what the reason is. It's because the brokers in general, job number one, don't lose any of the firm's money. So if they put the order in wrong and they make a mistake, they got to eat it. So yep. they don't care so much whether you get filled. Job one is make sure they don't get hurt. Job number two, collect a commission, right? Job number three, shitty fill for the client. Like I, I don't even bother complaining anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, yeah. I just don't. I've been beaten down in life. Yeah, and chalk up to the game, <laughs> uncle. Yeah, uncle. uncle. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I had a couple of three or four thousand lot orders, and it's like, oh yeah, they're they're going in now because I know what happened. It's like, oh, I write it down. I want to repeat it. Then it's too big because the internal control doesn't want me making a mistake. So yep, they gotta yep. they gotta get a supervisor to yep. to manually override and, it. Yeah, and, and the supervisor is probably dealing with somebody from HR because they don't have the complement of racially correct balance within. Yep. Yep. You know, it's like yep. we need to have a, a a Hispanic, a white yep. person, a black person, a Jewish person, a Muslim person, a Sikh. Wells Fargo said. Wells Fargo said no more. No more what? Wells Fargo no canceled their 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 diversity push. They said, "All right, enough of this. We're going to go back to merit based." I, I don't know. I didn't read the article, but I saw the headline: Wells Fargo ends like you know racial diversity initiative. Okay, so that that wasn't working out. Well, let me guess: is there an ETF on thirty year old <laughs> white men? Because <laughs> if that's the case, I want to buy that. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so you killed it on the gold though, huh? So by the end of the no, day, I, Friday, you were content yeah. with that trade? I'm happy with how I managed it in the market. So as I've said for unfortunately two years now, I've lost a little bit of money when I should have lost a great deal of money. Mm -hmm. So I take pride in that, but uh, and I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm so far down the, the dark rabbit hole of yeah. like, you know, I, every, it's like, I, here I am trying to give 40 years of wisdom and I'm violating every rule in the book. <laughs> <laughs> right? All sorts of, all, every taboo <laughs> has it, been touched. It, in my defense, I ran the PNL as of, Close COB Friday, close of business Friday, and I'm up 36 basis points for the year. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know. And when's your, uh, when's your birthday? When's your birthday? <laughs> you mean two years ago, the high on gold? Yeah. <laughs> you know where I'm August, going. <laughs> August 6th. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. I've seen the re the video replays. I've been okay. to the Monday morning. <laughs> he had right. shock talk. I, yeah. So we got eight I, weeks, eight weeks to go or so until your birthday. We got 10, birthday, is it 10 weeks, 10 weeks. Okay. All right, I don't we'll know. I, all I know is I got the money rolled mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. June and I didn't add. I mean, I'm June just or gonna, January, June or January. I moved from January, 2023 to June of 2023. Okay. 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 And okay. Okay. so I moved some strikes up and yada, yada, yada. 
if gold goes up, I'm still going to make a great deal of money, but I'm going to make a great deal less than I would have if it worked when I had this first, uh, you know, epiphany of genius, which has failed. And another thing, by the way, we've, uh, as I'm sure you've noticed, we've, we're getting more and more comments on the, mm-hmm. uh, on the, what do they call the thing? The website? The, inter- the internet. Yeah. The internet. Yeah. So I'd like to make a couple of comments about that. First and Please. foremost, thank you. I, I think it's awesome. Um, secondly, 99% of the comments up there have been very polite. The 1% of the comment that was not polite was me. And (laughs) I'm, I, I had a weak moment and I apologize. And finally, um, I'm going on record as saying my forecast that the Russian Ukraine war would be over in 46 days. Yeah. Put that on the long list of shit. I fucked up. So, okay. Uh, well, hey, look, I went back. We started doing this thing in, what, January of 2021? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, rates are much higher. I think the stock market is marginally higher. Uh, gold is unchanged. Silver's gotten buggered, uh, which is really why I, you know, I haven't made a lot of money. Oil, um, oil. You, you, you had. Tell me about uh, your energy history. Do you, I thought you were a big energy guy. <laughs> they got to use it, isn't that? Isn't that the the mission statement of energy investors? They got to use it. <laughs> you know, this is this is the genius that you possess, right? You know, it's sort of like on the bike ride when you know, you know, you look over and you look at the guy, and you can see in his eyes he doesn't have it. And that's the moment you put the hammer down, right? Of okay. So in 2010, I think, I read the John D. Rockefeller biography. I forget the, the, the author's name will come to me, but he's mm-hmm. the prolific author. Yeah, of the, the Ken Burns of autobiographies. Yeah, I forget his name. Fucking awesome book, right? So I read this thing and I get done with this thing. And I come up with, it's all energy. It's all, energy is all that matters. By the way, make a couple notes. I want to talk about Gave Cal and energy mm-hmm. before we leave because it's. I sh- we should have talked about it already. But anyway, mm-hmm. I read the John D. Rockefeller thing, and uh, I'm like, it's all energy. You have to understand energy, and not long after that. Um, somebody I'm very fond of and do business with, uh, not a broker, but a wealth manager. Okay. We sit down and we do several days of discussing these things called midstream oil companies or MLPs, master limited partnerships. And the way I understood it was you would have these integrated oil companies they would be looking for oil, then they'd find it, then they would dig it out of the ground, then they would transport it, then they would refine it, and mm-hmm. then they would sell it as gasoline. Okay. So some smart investment banker said, look, the pipeline, the transportation 
is the least risky, okay? So if we cut these companies up and we sell off the, the transportation part, the pipeline part, we can offer a high yield to people because there's synergy in creating and ripping these companies about. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, uh, it seems to be low risk. It's got a, a reasonably high yield. There's tax, tax benefits. And back then, I'm like, it's domestic energy. Like if yeah. you have some political problem somewhere in the world, you know we've got, right? Okay. So I, I load the fucking boat up on this stuff. And this is like 2011, 2012. And it, it, it goes up. And of course, drunk with my success, I keep fucking waving them in and waving them in. And then we, and then we get to the epiphany in New Zealand with the, the Wuhan flu, as my brother describes it. And I got out of fucking everything except except the oil and gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next thing you know, oil's traded at negative $42 a fucking gallon. I still have that yeah. barrel that I still got that barrel yeah. that I bought back in whatever January. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was walking negative, down negative forty. It's one twenty today. <laughs> I was walking down Greenwich Avenue yesterday uh, to try and get a little exercise. You don't call, uh, I, you don't, you don't call me. You like your weekends you, oh, off? Did you did you go back up or do you have the car pick you up at the bottom? <laughs> no, I walked back up. I, but, okay, but I'm thinking about the energy thing because now everyone's like got on energy, got on energy, yeah, and I'm course. thinking about. You know, like the big name guys who I like to always take down a peg. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about some interview Carl Icahn gave. That, that smug fuck, okay? He's like, oh, yeah, I saw oil was $42 below zero. And so I called up my guy and we bought a bunch of oil at 42 a barrel. Aren't I smart? And I'm thinking, yeah. you stupid cunt. If you're so fucking smart. You got a guy working for you that doesn't know, number one, to buy it at minus 42. And yeah. secondly, by the way, the reason it's minus 42 is because nobody can get it out of there, right? You you think you're the genius? You think, I yes. mean, it, it's so. Yes, he's calling it in. He's picking up the cell phone, yeah, calling yeah. it in. He, fi yeah. he figured it out. Okay. You know what? It's like the Dennis Miller thing. It's like Ronald Reagan's president. He's got his finger on the button. My grandfather's the same age. We won't give him the remote control to yeah, the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Um, uh, let's gave Cal an yeah, energy yeah. and the emergency phone call. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So once again, we pay for our own research here. So we don't, you know, yep. we call them like no a sin. No copyright infringement, nothing. This, uh, I think these guys are pretty good, which is why I pay the mm -hmm. whatever it is a year. And um, there's three of them. There's the father, there's the son, and then they got this other guy, a Anatole. And, and I never liked Anatole because he's this crotchety guy who's been fucking bullish forever. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Anything mm -hmm. happens. 
Polish, 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 Polish. But to be fair to the guy, the way he predicted things would play out, played out. And so I hated him more because I realized he was good, right? You Jewish guys are just... (laughs) It just can't help it. It just can't help it. It's just, hey... Someone's got to fight the truth default theorem, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, for whatever reason, Gave Cal is having a webinar. I never do these things. Like, I, I don't listen. I don't listen to podcasts. Like, who's I got know. the time? Right? I know. I had an opening in my schedule, and I'm like, you know what? This would be an interesting time to hear what they had to say. And so the sun comes on. And starts out with talking about how it's all energy. That's all that ever matters. Economic growth is energy transformed. And with the price of energy up here, economic growth is going to slow. So now, you know, immediately this resonates with me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have no arguments there. Okay. Okay. So he said, market's going down and it's going down big. Which, okay. Then Anatole comes on, permabull, right? He says, you know, and this is true. He says, I turned bearish in March. I've been waiting for an uptick to sell. And we haven't gotten one until now. He said, this is pretty much the last seat on the last chopper out. Wow. Which At which point I dropped everything. I canceled all my meetings for the rest of the afternoon. Kidding. Mm-hmm. And I called Leslie and I'm going emergency phone call, right? Yep. And uh this is Thursday, I think. Thursday closes yes, yep. on the Thursday, yep. Thursday. Thursday yep, closes yep. on the low. The stocks. Mm-hmm. Friday mm-hmm. closes on the low. Mm-hmm. The only thing that kept the market from going lower on Friday was four o'clock. Yeah. If oh. the mark if the market stayed open till eight, it'd be lower. Yep. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm glad to be mostly in cash. And I've done a little more research. And basically, we talked about that magical number, the price earnings ratio. There's a lot of evidence that shows whether it's rates or inflation, keeping in mind there's a relationship between rates mm-hmm. and inflation, that the the stock market can't stay here unless inflation moderates substantially. And in the short run, the next two or three months, I, I, I still think people are having a hard time getting stuff. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this. I hope I don't make you anxious. But apparently, there's a shortage of shiracha sauce i saw that yeah i mean for somebody your age they're just gonna gonna stop making it i know it's it made it made headlines can you imagine we world we live in a world where a hot sauce a a trendy hot sauce shortage makes like head headlines on the on the bloomberg terminal i mean that's where we are okay those are the matters that count to the new generation so i don't know I got other things we can talk about but go ahead i got 10 minutes go ahead okay so um in my travels, as I mentioned earlier, I've met a bunch of interesting people. And one guy that I'm pretty friendly with, to talk to a fair amount, he's in this private equity space, 
he he used to be more of a CFO kind of guy or CEO kind of guy, but he wanted to try something different. So he's been the last couple of years going out buying like technology companies, PE, and going in and fixing them up. And, you know, I, I think to his credit, more fixing them up in the running of the business versus mm-hmm. the fixing them up, like lever the shit yeah. out of them, take a big distribution okay. and tell right. everyone go fuck themselves. So he mentioned Tiger. Okay. Now Tiger, they're down like 50% this year. And he said that uh, Tiger was winning deals by paying 150 to $200 million more than other private equity companies were paying. And in each case, um, many of the analysts didn't even go visit the companies to meet management. And my friend said, you know, the way we do it is we go and we meet management. We spend time with management. We spend two, three hundred thousand dollars you know, doing research and legal. And, and remember I told you you're, when I looked at these zero coupon bonds several years ago, I we went to a law yeah. firm and spent yeah. 50 grand in legal fees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. The, I remember you, you got, talking about it with the airports too and doing your research with the airports yeah. and, that, and finding that employee that you wanted to get rid of and like sniffing around and doing, I don't want to say yeah. sniffing around, but, but doing your research. You got yeah. to roll up your sleeves, right? Yeah. So yeah. apparently, you know, with Tiger being down 50%, they loaded it up with a bunch of this stuff that they didn't properly value. And, and I, I mean, look, there's nothing I can offer in terms of forecasting where the market's going. I I don't fucking know. Um, (laughs) But what I like to look at is, you know, where are you in a historical context? And that's why I like to look at something that's been around for a long time. And I just happened to pick the Schiller PE ratio, right? Um, Schiller's from Yale, right? Which Yale, the Mr. Yale was a slave trader. So I don't know that we're allowed to use that index anymore. I know. They tried to cancel so, him. I know. I so, know. Um, but I looked just before the broadcast and the Schiller PE is at 30. Okay. Now, if you look at the chart and you can go on the internet and do this for free, you know, 30 looks a whole lot better than 35. But when you see where 30 is over like the last hundred years, you're like, uh, (laughs) yeah, red red light flashing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for week 72 or 73, uh, old chestnut or just caution. Um, I, I, I don't, don't know, think, dude. I don't know. Can I, I get, can I get the hundred point? There, there was a lot of talk this week. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. A hundred point fed, not zero. <laughs> okay. I'm right. I'm, I'm I offering know. that at zero. I, I laughed about it. We talked, I asked you that same stupid question last week and apparently people took it seriously because there was talk about that this week. Oh, they're behind the curve, the 100-point hike. Da, da, da. I said, no, no, no. I said, I said, you should have listened to the show on Sunday. Morris would have told you that's absolutely there's, not happening. There, there's talk that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. <laughs> I mean, 
Uh, I went to dinner. I went to dinner with a listener of the show. Okay, last night, and uh, wait a minute, you didn't expense it, did you? <laughs> no, of course not. I paid. He's a former Goldman Sachs guy. Okay, he picked it okay. up. <laughs> but he asked me a couple questions. He said, he said something about Apple and Microsoft looking cheap. And I had to scold him. For, I said, "Are you timing the market?" I said, "Did you not listen to sh- do you, have you not listened to seventy weeks? We don't we don't do that here." I said, and then he asked me about the hundred basis point hike, which aggravated me. Okay, and then he wanted to guess which your little which of your little trade is. Okay, and he's saying, "You know, Morris used to work at the at the Chicago Board of Trade. I bet it's a commodity. I bet he knows what he's doing." I was like, "So." The, we ended dinner with Morris is is pushing around the orange juice futures, <laughs> frozen concentrated orange juice futures. <laughs> that's what that's what he he was like. I think it's got to be orange juice, isn't it? No, so, one's, so one's, I said, look, you should have listened to last week's show. You, you know, we could have gone through all this. Yeah, you know, I, look, <laughs> I, it's it's just. It doesn't. It wouldn't do anybody any good. I know. Good. I know. And I know. Uh, it's it's just amusing. Yeah, it, it, it it's um. Uh, you had said something that just triggered a thought, and now it's now it's spaced it. But um, <laughs> I, I guess there's always there's always next week. Um, let me oh, just the Fed ch- put is there is there a Fed put still still there's still still no Fed put. Or the, the, oh, there's a, there, there, there's a Fed put, but it's okay. it's my definition of Fed puts a little different. Like, uh, if you come in Monday and they're down fifty percent, yeah, yep. the Fed's coming in. Yeah, if you come in Monday and it's down five percent and it goes down five percent for five days, yep. no, they're no, they're no put. Yep. they're they're Understood. they understand. I believe. Okay, that. They are at a critical point in their history. And the reason they're not going to go 100, even even if I thought that was the right thing to do, let's say, not that they need my license, but they understand the market would misinterpret that as if the Fed was feeling like, they've lost control. And this is my big pushback about the the Muhammad Al Aryans and the uh the Ray Bridgewater, Ray Dalio mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Here, mm-hmm. here's this quote. I, I keep using it and I it, it means something. Okay. You know, farming looks mighty easy when your plow is a pencil and you're a thousand miles away from the cornfield. Eisenhower, right? I believe so. So just to be precise, okay, when they're dishing out money, okay, to people, and Larry Summers, friend of Jeffrey Epstein, is barking about how there's going to be inflation, okay, he's not going to be the guy on point when there's rioting and looting in the streets, right? So he can sit there in his fucking ivory tower, and talk about, oh, should have done this, should have done that. When you're in, in the government, okay, there's a lot of pressure coming from a lot of different angles, and there's there's reason to it, you know? You, you have to maintain stability in society. And look what's – take Chicago, for instance, okay? <sighs> we have next to no unemployment, and there's – 
dozens of shootings every weekend. What would happen if the government didn't jump in and give a bunch of money away? Now, mm. was it going to get done perfectly? No. But to sit here and be the money, money, Monday morning quarterback. And, and by the way, just now that I'm on my soapbox and we've already crossed over into mm-hmm. the Oakland to Raiders, to mm-hmm. the Oakland Raiders, Heidi football game. You can look that one up. Um, I know what that is. Okay. <laughs> Janet Yellen was like, oh, you better be careful about crypto. You can, mm-hmm. Like, Grandma, get the fuck out. It's yes, enough. They, okay. Mm-hmm. You were a mediocre Fed chairman. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're a white woman. Let's get somebody. Pick another woman. Okay. Yeah. 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 Go, go, go find a... I won't even say color. I'll just go pick another woman of any color, ethnicity, sexual gender who has, who's not 80. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 to, to, and, to, and to that end, seeing as um had too much caffeine, uh, you will recall that I had the good pleasure of meeting a man named Nathaniel Fick. Our next president. Uh, a few Not times. Next. Okay. Okay. But that guy gets my vote. Republican, Democrat, who, whatever right. he runs as, I do not care. How old is he? 45 four, tops? Four, yeah. Something like that. He's okay. the guy I met in Washington. He was running a company called Endgame. I didn't invest because I didn't think the returns were going to be high enough. But this guy blew me away. First of all, pleasant as the day is long. Completely honest. We'll tell you in a second if he doesn't know the answer to something. You know, just triple A, triple A, triple A, triple A, triple A. Um, and he is up to be the first ambassador without portfolio for cryptocurrency, yada, yada, yada. So we're hoping. I mean, I, the royal we, that he gets appointed because he's been in the space. He's a legitimate guy. Um, and I think it would launch him into the uh, administration, which would be good because he's the kind of person who <laughs> make America great again. <laughs> He's uh, his book. His book is one bullet away. All right. The book is one bullet away. So go out and get the book and read the book and then do a little bit of your own Internet research and and read about him. And you would I I don't think there's anyone that wouldn't feel comfortable with him making important decisions with our nation's best interest. Yeah, that's that was just that's what I got from. I uh, I agree. I agree. We doing are we doing the show next week? Because the market huddle takes the summer off, I guess. So we might as well do the show the next. Hang on, weeks, hang so. on. The market—they're taking the summer off. I mean, that's, that's what it sounded like. It was tough to hear. Like the audio was really tough. Um, so I couldn't really make out what what the uh what the schedule was. But it sounded like they were taking a couple weeks off. You know, you, you think they've you 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 think they're feeling us breathing down the neck, and they just they need to chill. <laughs> I mean. Anything I mean, possible. I mean, even Kevin's father's listening to us now, right? <laughs> Listener number one. On, on, yeah. He's like, what have I done? I've got right. a son who used to play in the NHL. 
<laughs> and now he's listening to someone else's kid's podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> Shit!